All the Buckeyes head for Lincoln. The Browns got to go to Baltimore. And the uh, Bengals and the Steelers will get it underway in the AFC North. It is, uh, I don't know, maybe the worst division in football. Friday edition, Spielman and Hooley podcast. Good morning, Mr. Spielman. Good morning. Well, uh, you have the Giants and the Redskins. You have the story of the NFL. You it's have Daniel Jones. Unbelievable. And you forget, or you don't, because you live this world, but I forget how powerful and how expansive and mm-hmm. massive the New York media is. I was telling you the story the other day that every morning I get articles, newspaper articles, from the from the teams or guys covering the teams. Sure. The New York Giants have probably 50 articles. The Washington Redskins <laughs> had like four. So that will go and goes it's to show It's not like you. the Redskins and aren't it, a big deal in Washington. Well, they are. Yeah, but, but the they, Giants, man, woo. But you could make an argument that there were more Bears fans on Monday night than there were Redskins fans. But the Giants, it's it's just, it's amazing. And the biggest thing that Daniel Jones brings, and Eli's had a great career, great career, right? But it ends for all of us. It, it really does. Yeah. And what Daniel Jones has brought to the New York Giant football fan and to the city of New York that follows the Giants. And make no mistake, it's a Giants, and you told me this, it's a Giants town it's a Yankees town, and it's a Knicks town. It's not a Nets, Mets, or Jets, right? No, it's a Giants town over the Jets, yeah. big time. And it's, and it's you know Knicks over Nets, yes, and it's Yankees over Mets. And and the and the the passion for these folks and what Daniel Jones has done just by a guy missing a thirty-four yard field goal to lose it, but he's brought hope that okay, now the Giants can be restored to the Giants that we all know. In love. And there's a lot of things he does well. And just my two cents on Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Gettleman, the general manager, underwent a lot of heat for drafting Daniel Jones yes, when he, he drafted did. him. Yes, I mean, the did. Giant fans, of course, in all their wisdom, booed the heck out of Gettleman and criticized the pick. But he saw something in Daniel Jones. And the two things that I look for in today's NFL quarterback, can he make accurate throws with his body out of sync? Can he be accurate with his feet not married to his shoulders and he's not looking at the target or he's he's got to slide and throw off his back foot. He's got to be shuffling to his left and be able to deliver the football. That's an affirmative yes. And the one thing that he did on Sunday, which Eli Manning never would have done, is he took a throwing lane and turned it into a running lane when he saw man coverage and he won the ball game with his legs for the New York Giants. Those are the two things that Daniel Jones brings to the table that Eli Manning did not bring to the table. And the other thing is that he is providing hope for Giants fans everywhere. And I don't know that there's any position in sports that inspires hope like the elite quarterback. In the NFL, they call it a franchise quarterback. In college, they call it a Heisman Trophy quarterback. Yeah. I think where Ohio State would be without Justin Fields, Oklahoma without Jalen Hurts. Alabama without Tua Tungvaloa, Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's just the position. LSU without Joe Burrow. I mean, it's just totally remakes yeah. the whole thing. It is, I think many people say, the hardest position to play in sports. I think that's that's accurate. It's different than an ace on a baseball team, which is important, or a home run hitter mm-hmm. or you know a basketball player, point guard, or any individual position. A quarterback just changes everything. 
And Ohio State has a really good one in Justin Fields. I mean, a right. tremendous quarterback. He's accounted for 19 touchdowns. It's second in the country as he heads to Nebraska. It's primetime Saturday night. It's game day. I saw a Heisman Trophy poll the other day, and they have uh, Tua, and they have uh, Jonathan Taylor, and they have uh, Jalen Hurts, and then uh, Joe Burrow is in there. No mm-hmm. mention of Justin Fields yet, but I think that is about to change. I really do because I think this kid, he's going to be the face of this football team going forward. I can't see a J.K. Dobbins or a Chase Young or anybody like that. And I would say at this point in time, I'd be surprised if Justin Fields is not in New York at the end of the season. I'd be surprised, too, in, in what's helped – Justin make that smooth transition from backup to Georgia to starter at Ohio State is that he has a running game. He has an offensive line that's playing at a high level. He has tight ends that are involved in the passing game. And by the way, he goes about nine deep with his wide receivers. So yeah. that if one goes down, you're not there's no drop off. And so I think Justin is extremely talented. I think he's only going to get better. But he's also benefited from great players around him, and I think Justin would probably be the first one to tell you that. He certainly would be. Uh, the other thing, and those of you who don't get a chance to interact with him, uh, he's a really humble kid. Um, and not exceptionally exciting as a speaker. I think he's a very low-key, flatline kid. Yeah. Uh, not, a, not a totally comfortable quite yet in the spotlight. But uh, his comments on Tuesday... Uh, are, are interesting, not in a football sense, but in a life sense. Mm-hmm. And he was asked a question by Dave Biddle of Bucknuts about, you know, you've been here nine months. What do you think of Columbus? How do you like Columbus? And Justin Fields said, uh, essentially, like, I really don't get out. I really don't know. <laughs> I, I did, you know, I'm busy. I'm a football player and stuff like that. So I was intrigued by that answer. And uh, so I pursued it a little bit further with Justin Fields. Here's my question, and here's his response. Ask the average fan, they'd think that Justin Fields is sitting in class and he's interacting with classmates and he's walking across the oval and he's mm-hmm. he's a college student, but he's a football player too. Yeah. And the life you described is is really not that life. Yeah. Is that accurate? Uh, I think some some uh, some people have the idea of what we do. Like some, I've talked to some people and they think uh, all day we're just working out all day and uh, just just kind of looking at film all day, just just doing football all day. Like we're just football players. Some people think we're regular students, so it's kind of a, I guess, a miss, miss and match thing. But um, just just kind of balancing those things out. And uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what people think, but people just have different opinions on what we do and uh, kind of how our everyday life goes. Well, I, I look- so he doesn't have classes like people have classes. No. He said, I, "I I take online classes." Uh, so he's just basically like a, a guy who's tunneled in, he's playing football, and I know some people will look at this and go, oh, well, this is terrible. This is life for every pow- most every Power 5 kid. They go to school, they get a scholarship because they want to get to the NFL. It's not any different than anybody who's studying dentistry or law right. or anything else. They're pursuing their profession. and they're, But they're also pursuing a degree. It's yeah, and, they just, have it's to, just... and they have to keep up the other side of it, and however they do it, however they have to manage their time, I don't have a problem with that. But I think some people will be like, oh, he's not getting a college experience. Right. Well, you know what? He, in order to get what he wants to get out of college, these are the choices and the sacrifices and, and the uh, decisions that he has to make. If I were a player in this day and age, I would have chosen the online route. And quite frankly, the only college experience that I had because I was so 
uh, in tune with being a football player and wanted to do all these things as a uh, player and, and not get the total college experience, if it wasn't for the fact that I had class, I wouldn't have interacted with the other students at all May, on a limited basis. I mean, some sometimes I went out or did something with staff or whatever the case may be. But for the most part, uh, I would have chosen this path because it allows you to focus on what your responsibility is. He has a tremendous responsibility, whether we want to say it and, and or do we want to lie about it. Being an Ohio State quarterback in the state of Ohio is a tremendous responsibility. So with the online classes and with the tutors available and whatever it takes for you to pursue your degree, this allows you also to play at your highest level in your preparation on what you do to live up to the responsibility of being the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, they play Nebraska 7.30 on Saturday night. Uh, I don't expect – I'm just surprised it's only a 15-point margin. Uh, I don't expect Nebraska to cover that margin. Um, I think Ohio State is rolling, and um, I see no way yeah, I think Nebraska it's an, can, can cover that margin. I think it's an eight-point uh, home field swing for Nebraska. If it was the game was here in Columbus, I think it would be at least 23, at least 23. So you think, that, you think uh, Nebraska will cover? You think it'll be eight, or you think the no, stadium's worth eight? No, I think the stadium's worth eight. Okay. That's where I think they're getting the line. I could be wrong. Okay. I'm not an expert on gambling. Yeah. But we know, and Ohio State knows, and Ryan Day is certainly aware of this, that when you go into a place like Nebraska and it's Scott Frost, it's probably the, the biggest game of Scott Frost's youngest, or his young coaching career as the Nebraska head coach, not Central Florida, as the Nebraska head coach. So they'll be ready to play. And just for a preview... Obviously, my people that know me know that my nephew plays for Nebraska. I know that he's going to give them their be his best shot. Nebraska is much better athletically than they were a year ago. They're better in the secondary than they were a year ago. They're better and bigger on the defensive line, in my opinion, than they were a year ago. Uh, Martinez got off to a slow start. I've been watching Nebraska because I watched J.D. He got off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. He's starting to settle in and play better. They got the running back, the kid that got in trouble, but he's got game speed. He can break away. I think it's Washington. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. So it's a better team. And with the power of Nebraska fan base, with adrenaline, you cannot rule out uh, Nebraska making a run. However, the talent is so superior Ohio at Ohio State right now that it's, Nebraska does can't does not have the luxury of penalties, of turnovers, or mental mistakes, or it will get ugly in a hurry. Yeah, it's talent and it's depth at Ohio State. And the place where, I mean, you see the depth show up everywhere, but uh, the wide receiver position, the depth is just That's insane. crazy. It is. Um, and uh, Brian Hartline is the wide receiver coach. Of course, Brian played here and had a nice career with the Miami Dolphins, a cup of coffee with the Cleveland Browns. And Brian was asked on Tuesday about how he uh, manages a room where K.J. Hill's trying to set a receptions record and Austin Mack wants to get to the league and so does Ben Victor and you got the young guys and they're all looking good and they all want reps and they all want to score and they all want to be targeted. And I thought Brian Hartline gave a very interesting response. You'd like to think that, you know, culturally, uh, although, you know, important, it's not the most important thing. You know, I always tell these guys, like, 
it's okay to get frustrated. Like when guys work their tails off and they, they you know, they you know, blood, sweat, and tears every every day or every, you know, all season long and, and they don't kind of get out of it what they want out of it. Uh, we have those conversations, but it's okay to be frustrated. What you can't do is allow it to affect your teammates or your team, you know, and, and or your future play. So, you know, get frustrated. It's a lot. It's okay. It's a passionate response. I love. I'm good with that. If you didn't get frustrated, I almost look at you sideways. So get frustrated. Don't let it affect your play. Don't let it affect your uh, uh, your teammates in, in the room. You know. So, um, but overall, it's been good. You know, guys understand where we're at. They know what the vision is, and uh, I think overall the room's uh, pretty healthy. And the other thing he probably added, or I'm sure adds when he's in that meeting room, when your opportunity comes, and by the way, it will come, mm -hmm. don't blow it. And that means if J.K. Dobbins breaks to the secondary and you have to throw the key block and turn it from a 20-yard gain to an 80-yard touchdown, do your job. And the better you play, the more reps and reps and opportunity you will get. You know the amazing thing about this, by the way, is that they're able to recruit these guys knowing yeah. that they're coming in. I know. And they're just one of nine. They're just it's one crazy. of nine. They're not the star. And so, but these guys understand too that, hey, if I come in at Ohio State and by my junior or senior year, uh, I will get looked at in the NFL. The perfect example, who's the leading receiver and the best player on the Washington Redskins offense? Terry McLaurin. So where was Terry on the, on the depth chart for wide receivers last year? It's very interesting you bring that up because we were having that conversation with Austin Mack. And Austin Mack is a guy who could have gone out last year, but he came back. He wants to get to the league. He wants to be Terry McLaurin. And he talked about uh, at OSU, he had a touchdown called back on Saturday against Miami because of a penalty. And he was like, yeah, man. Like you'd think, oh, it's seventy-six to five. Who cares? You guys <laughs> scored anyway. You know, probably after yeah. the penalty. But he wanted that touchdown because he wants that on tape. Because and it's not a selfish thing. It's just yeah. I only get a few reps. I only get so many opportunities. I want to get on tape. He made a reference to a Noah Brown game. He goes, "What you're hoping for is you know you just have a Noah Brown game." Noah Brown had the four touchdown catches against Oklahoma. And that got Noah Brown drafted. He made, uh, Austin said something about Terry McLaurin having 35 catches last year. He knew exactly how many catches he had. Here's Austin Mack about, is it hard not to get frustrated? I mean, it's hard not to get frustrated. I mean, you know, you, you, especially for me, being a last year guy, you know, you, you're not, not going to come around many opportunities. Um, but it's, it's to stay humble. It's to, it's to know that Terry only had 35 catches last year. It's to, you know, stay in your lane and make sure that, you know, it's it's a plan, it's a process, um, and to trust the plan. You know, it's trying to be in God's plan and just whatever happens, make sure I'm doing everything I can properly um, to be in that right spot in this season. Ohio State receivers are going to get noticed, and you don't really have to worry about putting up 100 catches, 80 catches, yeah. 65 catches. You're playing at Ohio State. There are scouts there every week. The 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 House State Pro Day looks like a convention yeah, for NFL coaches and GMs. And you're going to get enough tape to realize a guy's going to see how you run a route. Do you round an outcut or do you break it back? Can you come back to the football? Are you do you understand scramble drill? Do you work back to the quarterback or do you find open space and get in a vision of your quarterback so he can throw you the football? Are you blocking downfield? If do you drop the ball or do you catch the ball? So you're going to get your opportunity. Terry McLaurin 
if you would go around the Big Ten or college football and say, give me two wide receivers on Ohio State, just name two. I don't think you'd name Terry McLaurin. No, you wouldn't have. You go down, Terry McLaurin has set a uh, a record for rookies. I think it's uh, at He's least. He's the first guy in NFL history in his first three games to catch at least five passes with one for a touchdown. Yeah. First guy in NFL history. So, you know. Not that, a bad way to break in. So, I, I and I guess that the moral, the two points I want to make about what Austin said, first of all, for Buckeye fans, let's not the, be delusional. These kids come to Ohio right. State, yes, to win national championships, of course, but they come here because it is an NFL training ground. And we should never apologize for that. In fact, we should celebrate that because look at the results that you're getting on the field. And the other thing is you come to Ohio State, and Austin, if, if you compete and can catch a ball, NFL guys will find you. They, they found Terry. They sure did. I remember I was at the – I went with my brother to Ohio State Pro Day. Terry ran us 40. Guess what else Terry did? He shined on special teams, didn't he, mm-hmm. yep, last year? Sure did. They're going to find you. They will find you. So. Yes, indeed. Uh, the uh, Browns could use some help at every position on the field. They play uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens, hard to believe John Harbaugh has been there 12 years. doesn't feel like 12 years. He's a great years. coach. He is a great coach. He is a, he's a special, himself, he's a special teams coach. And uh, it's interesting to me that the Browns are playing <coughs> Excuse me, the Ravens this week. The Ravens are running the football uh, to support Lamar Jackson. They are number one in the NFL in rushing. Their offensive coordinator is Greg Roman, who was the offensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford mm-hmm. when they got to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. The Ravens play that physical brand of football. They do. And here we are this week where Michigan is got to be wondering about the wisdom of going to the spread. You made the point on Monday's show – if you're going to run the spread, you got to recruit to the spread. That exactly. was the problem Rich Rod had at Michigan when he got there. He didn't have anybody to really run it. Uh, and yet, Jim Harbaugh's brother, John, is winning in the NFL where it's all passing all the time. He's winning by running the football, which you would think he would certainly be able to do at the college level. But Michigan's not doing it and can't do it. Well, there, there's look at the NFL level, most teams try to run. Remember that running the football, a lot of it's dictated by game circumstances, right? If you're up two touchdowns in your second half you want to try to pound the pound the rock if you're down two touchdowns you're going to you're going to sling it the NFL teams are more adept at um changing when they need to be changed like Lamar Jackson you can be a running power football team Lamar Jackson can be a drop back guy he can be a spread guy but don't forget that these guys are working on this 24/7 every day all year long mm-hmm. And so it's easy for you to be have different identities. You have a two-minute offense. You have a four-minute offense. Uh, you have a two-minute offense when you're leading. You have a four-minute offense when you're down. There's all different types of offense. But there is an identity with the Ravens. They are a physical football team. They went out and got Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram has been a plus for the Ravens. He's a tough out, man. He will run, and he will become the hitter as opposed to the hitty with the ball. He likes to turn himself in the hitter. And the one thing when you play Lamar Jackson, first of all, the zone read is in play. He's on pace for 900 rushing yards. Quarterback run is in play. So yep. that puts a whole different level of pressure on a defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes. The other thing, a guy like him affects your pass rush. Because he's so explosive, 
that you have to make sure that you're disciplined in your pass rush lanes or he will exploit a weakness or a mental breakdown when you're rushing the passer and take it with his feet for positive yards. And don't think and don't think he can't throw the ball. He's proven to me, he proved to me at Louisville that he can throw the ball. And right now he's playing at a very, very high level. He's completing 63% of his passes. He's 8-2 and two as a starter. His only losses are to the Chiefs there, last year and go. this year. Uh, I'm not sold on him. You are, and you certainly know him a whole lot more about it than I do. No, I'm still I mean, not That's not sold the on case. Him. It's just I also have um, – I, I, I think when we – whether we're sold on players or not sold on players, we it's, it's like uh, looking for a wife. We have our type. Yeah. You have your type. I have my type. I he's, like the pocket guy. Yeah, he's my type. Okay, That's my type. That's what I like. Identity. Offensively, the Ravens know who they are. I don't think the Browns know who they are. Michigan doesn't know who it is. Ohio State definitely knows what yeah. it is. It's a balanced team. It can run the ball. It can Do throw anything the ball. anything it wants. Um, Cleveland new, Browns. I, real quick yeah. on Ohio State, the new yeah. dimension. Yeah. And because Michael Jordan wasn't great at doing this last year, the new dimension is when they can go under center. It just gives you an, a whole other host of things to Tell me, tell me why. Why people would say, "What's the difference?" Quarterback's back there; he's getting the ball anyway. What's the difference defensively with the guy under center or in the shotgun? Well, first of all, if it's a pass, the quarterback can get a pre-snap read because he doesn't, or, or or if they rotate the defense, he doesn't have to drop his eyes to catch the ball. That's one small difference, okay. right? And there's a whole host of plays that you can do from under center that you can't really do from shotgun. They're more effective in the red zone. Uh, Fields obviously has much better running talent than Dwayne Haskins, but they, they like to put Justin under center in the red zone. Just defensively, can you discuss what the stress that places on a defense as opposed to just well, puts things in play that weren't in play from the shotgun? Yeah, position? I think there's different plays that you can run from that. You can run zone re, zone running from with the, the backs back by seven or eight yards. If you have two backs in the backfield, that gives you a chance – to add an extra gap inside, an extra blocker to pick up an extra defender inside. Uh, the uh, Browns have uh, really struggled this year to reach the numbers that they had a year ago when Freddie Kitchens was calling the plays. He's calling the plays now. He says he's not going to let Todd Munkin call the plays. Last year, final eight games of the year, the Browns were fourth in the NFL in yards, 395 yards per game. This year, they're 23rd in yards, mm-hmm. 330 yards per game. Are they too focused on Odell Beckham Jr.? Do they miss Antonio Callaway? What do you see as uh, the drawback to the Cleveland Browns on the offensive side of the football? Offensive line. And I think, you you know, if you have to get Nick Chubb going, and obviously that's going to help. Uh, I think Baker is a little bit anxious in the pocket. I think he bails out of that just a, a tad uh, too fast. I mean, you can't have your – you got to be able to throw from within the pocket. You, your most effective, most explosive plays can't be Baker scrambling around like a wild man and throwing off balance, although he's very accurate throwing off balance. Yeah. That can't be the thing. And you know what? When there's such a high expectation, it's a little bit different than when you're playing when nobody cares. Yes, it is. It's a yes, little it bit different. Uh, the Bengals play at the Steelers on Monday night. We'll get into that more on Monday's podcast. But if you're playing the Steelers and they have Mason Rudolph, you better beat them. I don't know if it's to the Bengals' advantage to win any games or not. I, I, um, I mean, they're going to be a couple well, quarterbacks. They're going to be a couple quarterbacks in this draft. And I mean, look, Andy Dalton uh, at Buffalo was not horrible, but he was, was Andy not, Dalton. But he was not great, and that's the problem. 
He's he's, if he's horrible, you get rid of him. If he's great, you keep him. He's in. Eh, what do we do? And I just can't pay Andy Dalton $30 million. Well, I just can't do it. Here's, I, I think when you look at some of the quarterbacks and, you know, for, for Andy, at least that one game, I really like the guy. I think he's a great guy, and I think at times he's very good. But I heard a guy make this saying. Uh, it was Will McDonough, Sean McDonough's father. Yeah, legendary NFL writer. And he always used to say of a quarterback that's like an Andy Dalton where you just described it, right? He's good. Then, uh. He's good. Uh. So his saying was, that guy's good enough to keep both teams in the game. That's right. I, I, that's I think, right. right, you know, that's... He did that Sunday. That's that's was his game on Sunday. Yeah. that's That was the example of it. And without A.J. Green, um, you know, I mean, his years in Cincinnati have coincided with A.J. Green's years in Cincinnati. A.J. was the number one pick, the first over, uh, the first round pick, and Andy was the second round pick. And, and there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of a weapon, but at some point in time, a defense can take A.J. Green away uh, or at least make it hard to get it to him. It's hard to take a quarterback away, and that's why the quarterback has to be the special player. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this offense will be better. Hopefully A.J. will be back and, and healthy, but, you know, Tyler Boyd's a good player. John Ross is um, playing better. So inconsistent. Joe Mixon started so running the ball. Points. You know, defensively, they got to be better. But it's two teams that are 0-3. And, you know, you look at the, the Steelers, right? You know how many first-rounders they have starting on their defense? I do not. Nine. Ooh. Nine first-rounders in their 0-3. Well, so is that coaching? Give them a little pass drafting? without Big Ben. Okay. They're 0 and one, oh, and without, one without Ben. Yeah. yeah, they are. So they uh, they play Sunday, uh, yeah, excuse me, Monday night in Pittsburgh. Uh, we want to thank West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating for sponsoring this edition of the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Looking for a reliable plumber? You found them. West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating. They service Central Ohio. And on the heating side, on the cooling side, listen, it is getting to be a little bit nippy in the mornings, and that means your furnace is going to be kicking on pretty soon, and you want to have a furnace check done by West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating before they get slammed with a ton of furnace calls. So call now, 614-879-9606. If you need a furnace, awesome, high-efficiency Lennox products from West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating. That's what I have in my home, and that's what you should have in your home, new construction or replacement. They'll give you $500 off a new furnace at West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating online, westjeffplumbingandheating.com. And again, they service all of Central Ohio. You can call them up, 614-879-9606. All right, as we transition out of here and as you head to New York for uh, the uh, Daniel Jones-Case Keenum extravaganza, uh, do you have anything on the faith side? I absolutely – well, I try to. So, you know, on Wednesday we discussed that God has not given us a a spirit of fear. Timidity, my version. Timidity. Timidity. I like fear better. All right, fear or timidity. But he's given us a a spirit of – sound mind, self-discipline, like you said, love and power. So sometimes when we screw up, sin, screw up, say things that we regret, whatever the case may be, whatever screw up you have in your life, and we all do it, and we all have done it, I have issues with forgiving myself. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. That how can God love a guy like me? What you know? I did a lot of good things. I've done a lot of bad things. How can a God love a guy like me? And something I go to is 
a verse in Romans, and it's it's familiar with a lot of people, but I wanted to share it with you guys today. And it's Romans 8, 35 through 8. So one thing we have to understand is that we can never be separated. Once we're in, we're in, right? It's a good club to join. So once you're in, yes, you're in. It so it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, this is so important. All things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God. So when you're going through all that stuff and recognize that you are worthy and you're, 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 and that's, I think the, the <laughs> one of the biggest arguments that pe- some people make for making that jump into uh, Christianity or that faith leap or understanding what God has done is because they feel like they're such a bad person sometimes. And don't forget that you are forgiven. How many times? Well, Biblically, it says 70 times 7, which, by the way, is as many times as it takes. Many times as it takes. You know, just as long as you're not consciously trying to screw up or, or making conscious decisions yeah. to be evil. But nothing can separate you because you're more than a conqueror. Not even not even angels and demons have that power. That's, Isn't that amazing? That's my life verse. That's on my Twitter, Romans oh. 8, uh, 31 and th- uh, 38 and 39. Uh, I love that verse. It's always been a very special verse to me. And it's important to remember that, what Chris said, because, you know, one of the things I think people are really challenged by is sharing their faith for the reason you talked about. Because you think, well, you know, I'm going to share my faith to my coworker and they've heard me swear or they've heard me tell a, sure. you know, a dirty joke or they've heard me laugh at a dirty joke or they know my flaws. And I then they're going to be like, oh, well, who are you? Now, that's a that's a. That's a lie from Satan that you're not going to be effective to share your faith. And one of the one of the easy ways to do it is to familiarize yourself with uh, a scripture, and there's a lot of them in the Bible, where a phrase will be said that comes up in everyday conversation. A lot of times it'll come up in everyday conversation. And you can use that when it comes up in everyday conversation to say, hey, do you know where that comes from? And one of the things that I use is you'll hear a lot of people say a lot of times, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Hey, the truth will set you free. Well, do you know where that comes from? Well, that comes from the book of John, the gospel of John, and Jesus was talking, and it's the back end of a verse. The entire verse is, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you hear somebody say, well, the truth will set you free, say, you know, it will if it's the right kind of truth. And where does that truth come from? Do you know where that truth comes from? Because if you don't know where that truth comes right. from, I do. And let me tell you about it. And the beauty of it is you can use the fact that they know your warts, your ugliness, to yeah. say, I have all that ugliness in me. I'm not perfect. Yeah. And I'm forgiven. And yeah. you can be forgiven too. So use what you perceive to be your weaknesses as a way to reach other people to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. And the reason I'm forgiven is because of this truth. And that's where that phrase well, comes from. Well, think what, um, St. Paul had to go endure, right? This is a guy that's mm. overseeing the killings of early Christians, mm-hmm. right? 
holding the, holding the, the coats of the guys the throwing. Yeah. Uh, was it uh, people were stoning uh, Stephen? Stephen. Yeah. yeah. And so, if God can use Paul, why can't He use you? This was a guy that was overseeing murder, murder of Christians, of persecuting mur- the very faith that he came to be the greatest. So, I mean, the, he wrote fourteen books of the New Testament. Well, I think you know. Obviously, he's very important to Gentiles, right? Yes. We, so. You or I would not be Christians if not for Paul right. taking the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. And so, if, but, but to extrapolate that out, Jacob was a swindler. Israel, Jacob became Israel, renamed. Right. He was a swindler. Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer and a murderer. <laughs> David had a It's yeah. hard to find anybody <laughs> in the Bible who was used mightily. Moses was a murderer. Right. It's hard to find anybody in the Bible who was used mightily who was not severely flawed. So, and I had a friend say to me one time, God doesn't, I'm going to make sure I get this right. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah. So if he calls you, he will equip you. But he doesn't wait for you to be equipped to say, okay, now I can use Chris. Now I can use Bruce. Right. No, 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 no. He can use you and then he'll give you what you need to be equipped. Yeah. Just be open to it. So, awesome. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Go and subscribe on iTunes or anywhere else. Please leave us a review at pleasereviewmypodcast.com. Search Spielman and Hooley. That'll do it for this edition. We'll be back Monday to reflect on Ohio State's win at Nebraska. And uh, the Browns. Quite confident, aren't you? I'm calling it. (laughs) And uh, the Browns game against the Ravens and to preview the Bengals and the Steelers. Thanks for joining us, and everybody have a great weekend.